Welcome to the Yours is the Story podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Julia. And I'm Jill. This is a storytelling podcast that entertains, encourages, and points you to Jesus. Welcome back to the Yours is the Story podcast. Okay, you guys, as soon as we started the podcast and we were thinking about names of who we want to have on the podcast, I instantly thought of our guest who we have today. So it was super exciting to finally get to have the conversation with the one and only Wes Dunn because his story that he's going to tell today is absolutely wild and just showcases how amazing God is, how intentional God is, and how he's always in the works. So this story has inspired me a lot ever since I heard about it secondhand. So it was really cool to hear it directly from him and hear all the details of it. So I hope you enjoy. Um, But just to share a little bit of context, Wes was actually my childhood youth pastor when I was in high school. And just if I can just speak to a little bit about who he is, um, even before he was my childhood youth pastor, he was a youth pastor at maybe one of the worst towns in America, (laughs) Um, but definitely in Washington state. Um, He and his wife are like super cool, super amazing, super loving, but chose to go to this town that everybody overlooked and they lived there and really invested and honestly were the the best part of that whole town, but they invested a lot in the community there. And I just remember even from a young age being like, whoa, like those are people with such big potential and opportunity, but they're choosing to go to um, maybe not like the sexiest city. (laughs) And so I always really respected them um, even before I got to know them well, just knowing that they lived there and um, just how much they, again, invested in the local community and in people and raised up great leaders there. Um, But shortly after they lived there, they actually moved to Kirkland, Washington, where my youth pastors, that's how I got to know them really well, um, Wes and his wife, Vanessa. And one of my favorite memories with them is they handpicked a few of us, and I was one of them, um, from the youth ministry that they closely mentored, and uh, they led an evangelism group. So with me and some other folks, um, they would like truly invest in us every single week, and they trained us to actually go out and talk to people and stuff, which is like so scary when you're 16 to be like, hey, do you know about Jesus? (laughs) But, But truly, like that's who Wes and Vanessa are. They don't just be like, go do this thing, but they like walked alongside life with us. They showed up to my events. They knew they were like intertwined in my life and what was going on. And so um, truly just like the best leader makers, the best investors in people, the best at pulling out the best in people like Wes and Vanessa are world-class. So uh, it was amazing to sit down with Wes Dunn and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay. Will you tell us a little bit about the house, the house LA, your church, how you moved to LA, the whole story about how you got there? What brought us to LA, and um, I actually have a book that's coming out in about three or four months. Wow. Uh, sorry, springing on this in the middle of the, <laughs> the middle No big deal. That's amazing. So cool. What's the name of the book? Uh, I can't really see it because we haven't, but it has to do with um, steps that you can take in your finances. Wow, cool. steps because it has to do with the whole business side of my of my life but yeah. i actually tell the very in-depth and raw story of what brought us to la the good the bad and the ugly wow. uh, but all in all what brought us to la was the lord wow. we we are we were one year married vanessa and i are one year married and we're sitting in aberdeen washington and this is the funniest thing <laughs> katie perry's california girls is playing and vanessa and i are going we're going back to LA (laughs) and we just knew we are going to end up in LA. So it's like, you know, Katy Perry listens to your podcast. (laughs) Yes. Thanks Katy. Yeah. So we just, we knew we're going to end up there and now that wouldn't happen for, you know, 
nine more years yeah or, or for you know for for quite a while or sorry uh five more years excuse me yeah. um and um but we we really felt like hey this is where we're supposed to be so we we land here in la and um and we were looking for like all right god you we're here what what do we do yeah. And there was a huge transition in her life going from youth pastors at a mega church, multi-site to now I'm in, I'm in LA living at my parents' home with my one-year-old or our one-year-old boy going, Lord, what does this look like now? And so uh, we had, we had some savings. And so we weren't in a major rush and we'd go to Disneyland and we, you know, it's like, okay, you know what? We're going to enjoy these moments. Right. And so uh, an opportunity came to work at a church in Orange County, which if you're outside of L.A., you're like, oh, those are like the same. But if you're inside L.A., those are different states, different economies, <laughs> different politics, different where everything's different. You're actually like we're supposed to be in L.A. And so um, we actually told them no. Wow. My mentors uh, call, uh, called me because uh, it's a national ministry that we said no to. <laughs> and he said this. He goes, Wes, are you crazy? That's always says like, are you crazy? And I was like, no, I was like, actually, I feel like we're supposed to be in LA and not Orange County. And so now that now that we're committed, we're pot committed to LA, we're like, what do we do here? And so um, so actually I got a job in business. And wow. and so for the first couple of years here, I just was uh continuing to build the business that I started in Seattle, having to do with investments and real estate and things like that. And um just building that thing from the ground up. But we always had in our heart, like, hey when the opportunity comes for us to pivot from being full-time in business and part-time in ministry to being full-time in ministry and part-time in business, we want to take that. And so that opportunity came up actually with one of my clients who was a church and they, they go, Hey, uh, would you be interested in being a CFO for our church here in LA? And so it's a mega church here in LA. And I go, you know what? And I sat down with it. We were at a restaurant, uh, here in studio city, and I said, hey, um, I would love to work with you guys, but I would be a terrible CFO. I go, I would be a terrible CFO. Guys, I go, I'm a pastor, but if you put me, put me behind a desk and I'm just crunching numbers, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I just, I wouldn't be happy and neither would you guys. But <laughs> if you guys want a business pastor or someone to reach out to your community or build groups. I was like, I can do that. They're like, great. So they built a job for me that day. And, uh, and we're, we're still very close. He's actually uh, one of the overseers of our church, but then the Lord starts speaking to us about planting a church and Jillian, it was some of the wildest things I'm going to, we, we talk about it as a church in our, uh, our step number one, uh, class, like, cause people go, why would you start a church? And uh, one of my friends, Banning, uh, one day goes, Wes, would you ever start a church? And I looked at him, Jillian, and I said, why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> so much work. I was like, why would anyone want to start with zero? And there's this, there's this theological term called ex nihilo, which means out of nothing, which God speaks creation. I was like, why would anyone want to start with nothing? It's hard enough to take something that's existing and make something with it, but to start from nothing. And one day I'm walking through Encino, uh, our boy Winston, he's about four or five years old. He's on a scooter and I'm pushing Stella, our daughter who was in here a minute ago. And I'm pushing Stella in her little uh, cart and I'm not praying. And the Lord said, call it the house. And I stop and I go, and it's not audible, but it's as near audible as it's ever been, call it the house. 
And I, and I heard him say it again. And instantly I could see Vanessa and I at a church and it, the room was dark, so we couldn't see what the room looked like. But And we were on a microphone saying, welcome to the house. Our prayer is that the house will become a home for many people. And Jillian, every week at any of our services, when you come, an MC or someone will pray at some point in the day, in the day saying, welcome to the house. Our prayer is that the house will become a home for many people. Because that's really, we, we believe that the church is, it's at home. Like people need to find home. Uh, they need to find a place like it's when you go to your house or I go to my house and uh, I'm comfortable in my home. Yeah. I come, I like, you know, I'm I'm dressed up today because I had some meetings this morning. And then for some reason, I thought this would be a video. And so I did my hair. And I, <laughs> I should have told you. <laughs> those of you who are listening, I, I'm in a full suit and tie. I'm kidding. Uh, full suit. Full Top suit hat. Yeah, I come home, I put on a comfy shirt. I put on a pair of like basketball yeah. shorts or running shorts or something or some yoga pants. I'm just, I'm comfy and I'm home and home is the place where people know me and people love yeah. me. I know them and I love them. And, and church is meant to be that it's not, yeah. it's not an event that I go to that I put on airs or I put on just a face, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a place where people know me yeah. and I know them. And we, I may not know everyone here in the room, but there's, there's some people in this room that I know deeply. They know me deeply. And, and we love each other and we're committed and yeah um and um and so there was a couple other like really significant like i would even call them, like prophetic moments um one time uh um i'm uh we were up in seattle uh for a 25th anniversary of a church and uh because someone someone called me and they said hey our church is celebrating its 25th anniversary can you come on up and um and i go okay we're there so we go up for the 25th anniversary and it's in Bellevue. And during the service, it's, you know, and this was the church that I'd been at for, uh, I was on staff there for a decade. And it's like a fun service and Tori Kelly's playing our guitar and I was like, yeah, and it's super fun. And it was the weirdest thing because in the middle of that environment, I feel God start to speak to me. And it's kind of like, it didn't feel like necessarily appropriate because I'm like, this is not my thing. This is their thing. I'm here to support. Yeah. Julian, I felt like two hands from heaven come lay their hands on my shoulder and they were orange. It was a weird, it was just, I don't know how to describe it, but I could just describe that moment. Two like orange, like big long arms from heaven put their arms on my shoulder. And I was like, I, and I didn't know what to do. So I was like, so I didn't raise my hands up high because we are not worshiping. Tori Kelly's doing her thing. Everyone's like, you know, and so I kind of did the half mask, you know, worship, you know, where your arms go up kind of, and it was like right in front of me. So it could have looked like I was holding a plate, you know, but, but I wanted to respond to the Lord, you know? Yeah. And so I just, and we came home and I was at my brother-in-law, sister-in-law's house at night and we're sitting around the island and I'm like, I feel like we received like a mantle from heaven tonight. And um, I've heard it says that someone said, you know, talking about Elijah, when Elijah got taken up, um, his mantle fell. Mm-hmm. And Elisha picked it up. Mm-hmm. And someone said, mantles don't leave earth. Mm-hmm. They just need to be taken up. Wow. Talking about that night, I'm like, I feel like that mantle from our late pastor is on us. Like there's this building thing on building families and spiritual leaders and empowering people and loving people and being generous and having a multicultural, multi, you know, um, just generational church. Wow. So we're talking about it that night. And the next morning we're driving, that was on Saturday night. The next morning we're driving down to Aberdeen 
and because uh, they were celebrating their, I think at that time their tenth anniversary, and so I was going to go speak for uh, speak for the service and celebrate with them, and because um, that was a, a church that we helped uh, to start as their youth pastors, and so um, so we're driving down there, we're just Vanessa and I were just debriefing. We're like, man, that was wild. What do you think this means? Like, we're kind of like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, like man, did not our hearts burn? Like, it was just kind of like, man, what does this mean? And trying to understand it. And we get down there and there's another pastor who's visiting. And I hadn't seen this guy in years. And he's really prophetic. And so I go, hey, so-and-so, can you, um, before you go, can you pray for us? Mm-hmm. And he, the funny thing is, <laughs> Julian, he had changed out of his like Sunday clothes and he was going to Seahawks game. So it's <laughs> like, I'm like, he's all like, suited up in Seahawks gear. Awesome. Yeah, let's go Hawks, you know. <laughs> and I go, hey, can you pray for us? And he goes, yeah, sure. So he starts praying, you know, kind of a general prayer. Lord bless him, keep him. And then he starts to prophesy and he goes, um, you guys are still in LA, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I just feel like the Lord wants to tell you you're in the right city. Um, and then he begins to quote the conversation that Vanessa and I had in the car. Wow. And he goes, that same mantle that was on your pastor is on you. And he goes, that mantle of uh, preaching of faith, scriptures and family, the mantle of prosperity, the purpose. The man- and he starts like all these things. And I'm like, like, it sounded like I know that the FBI like listens to my phone call, right? Like we all do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to this podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> now turn into a conspiracy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a turn. But wow. he was literally quoting verbatim and so we come home and i'm like okay lord you've talked to me about mantles you've given me a name yeah and i was driving down the freeway uh the 101 freeway here in la and there's this exit uh, uh just before hollywood called tahunga and it's an exit only lane and i'm praying it's early one morning there's like no cars on the freeway and i go hey, all right god i said i never wanted to start a church but you have given me the name of a church You've talked to me that there's this mantle on us, like we're supposed to go do something, and we've we're gonna take up that mantle, we're gonna do this. But you haven't said the words go start a church. Yeah. Right? And I you said everything around it. It's like two people who are dating, they're like, I really, really like you, but they haven't said yeah, I love yeah. you. Like, you didn't you didn't break space. You didn't say I love you. Yeah. So I'm praying, I'll go, God. Um, you've given me everything else, but you you've given me a name. You've talked about mantles, all these other dreams and scriptures, but you haven't um, you haven't said go start a church and I'll, I'll do it. But I got a wife and two kids and um, I need a sign. And so one time, Julian, I've ever asked the Lord for a sign. And I tell people whenever I tell a story, do not ask God for a sign. Okay, It's kind of a setup, yeah. you know, because but that day I go, Lord, would you just give me a sign? And I, I kid you not, Julian, as I'm praying that. There's one car on the freeway in front of me. It's an older, like reddish brown pickup truck. And he's in the exit only lane. And so he kind of cuts me off, goes tick, tick, and he puts on his blinker and he like cuts me off like really close to my bumper. And on the bottom right of this old reddish brown pickup, there's one bumper sticker with two words and it says the house. Bride is not praying. Jillian, I threw my hands up in the air. And I go, are you seeing this right now? <laughs> I go, are you kidding? And I'm looking, I'm by myself in my car. 
looked around as if like angels, people, am I the only one that just saw this? Yeah. You know? And by the way, my late pastor one time, he asked God for a sign and he got a shooting star. I got a bumper sticker with the name of our church on it. That so, works. <laughs> so when people say, hey, how did you start a church? I was like, I feel like um, it was just obedience. Like we're just, we're doing our best. Like we as followers of Jesus, like God, we'll do whatever you ask us to do is just make it clear and we're in. I love that so much. I love that you guys weren't trying to like master up an incredible business plan and you're like we're gonna start this church we're gonna craft this and make it amazing but you're like god i think you're speaking this to me god i, th- I feel like you're saying this like let's partner give me a sign and then he gives you a bumper sticker like that's just amazing thanks for listening to the yours is the story podcast we really want to hear stories from you you can email us at yours the story at gmail.com or dm us on instagram we'll see you next time